Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up-and-coming female entrepreneurs to figure out how they've built the life of their dreams. And today we're speaking with Christine Wieck Andersen, the founder of Homey, which is kind of a crowd lending and investment company using blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. So we're here in New York in a WeWork, two regions. Uh, we're going to speak in English so more people can understand, of course. And you have built a company that helps internationals invest into the Norwegian real estate market. How cool is that? She is a former economist from NHH and has worked for DNB and the Norwegian Central Bank. But she has always had this founder spirit within her. She started her first company when she was 20 years. She sold her first company in 2018 and became a successful NFT investor. She has learned herself the code and technology of blockchain and this made her develop an NFT software company in May 2022. But due to the recession and she needed to find another solution, she she needed to, yeah, do something else. And that's why you started Homey. And that's why we're also here today. It is, yeah. To talk about your founder journey up until now, the blockchain technology, your entrepreneurial mindset and how you became such a superwoman. Wow! Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much, Henriette. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, as I've told you, I think that you've built up such an inspirational podcast for women to uh, have an arena where you can come together and brag about what you've done. I think women need to, you know, be more comfortable bragging about themselves, but also celebrate other women when they are, you know telling um, their successful stories. Mm. So thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited to be here. And I feel also so inspired when I'm here in New York as well. I feel like I can, I have the world beneath my feet. I can meet whoever I want and um, I'm lucky to meet you. So can you tell us about you, your your childhood and who you have, like how, what made you as the person you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, I am very grateful for my childhood and the way my parents raised me, even if I didn't always feel that way. So I grew up in a family that uh, didn't have a lot of money growing up. Uh, My dad went bankrupt when I was a child. Um, So my parents did as, as good as they could with what they had. But I could also see that having that financial constraint was was tough on them. Um, But my parents have always been very supportive of me. So my dad would tell me from I was a little girl that uh, he thought I was going to be a successful lawyer growing up. Mm -hmm. And he used to buy me these mini Ferraris, like the the toy cars, and, and tell me that one day I would be able to buy those real cars for everyone in the family. Mm. So he always like built up that belief in me that I could do something big. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also became very important for me and, and to some extent so important that uh, at, a, at, at one point I started having a lot of fear of failure. Mm. So throughout my teens I developed this more of an anxiety around failing in different areas of my life that also started holding me back because I didn't have a growth mindset back then. So for me, having the proof of failing in something meant that I was not good enough and I thought I could never be good enough. So I would start avoiding those situations that could have brought me forward. Like even if I uh, finished my, my study with top grades, I still was afraid of going to those job interviews. I was mm. afraid of going out and exploring the world because 
because I was afraid what would happen if I if I couldn't do it. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah. then you 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 have made it. You got a degree. You got your dream job in the central bank when you were done with your studies. So you've always been like this hard worker, but also with an entrepreneurial mindset. So tell us, like, how did you start your company, and how, tell us about your founder entrepreneurial journey. Um, yeah, so I think to to explain my entrepreneurial journey, I have to start with where I am today. Mm. So what I'm working on is to reduce the wealth inequality in the world. And doing that, the tool to do that is to fractionalize real estate. Um, so yeah, I was working really hard throughout my life with this like fear of failure. But um, after a while, for me, it was a pivoting moment. I went through a big breakup mm. that okay. I had. Uh, yeah, I had a boyfriend for eight years. And I had spent those eight years being afraid of what would happen if we ever broke up because that was defining me. Mm. So for me, it was like a big turning point in my life um, when one day that relationship ended. Mm. Um, it actually ended in the worst way we had gone to Australia to be uh, to, to do an exchange study mm. and um, out of the blue it's what it felt he, he suddenly broke up and all I felt was relief I was like that means that if you broke up with me I don't have to carry the fear of that happening and that made me realize that huh so something I've thought was true, the fear I've been carrying inside of me for eight years, suddenly turns out that it's not true. And I actually wrote down on a piece of paper that day that I seem to be better at handling real uh, problems than I am with thought up ones. So that put me on this quest of like, well, if this has been a real fear for me my whole life and it wasn't true, what else am I afraid of that mm. I don't have to be afraid of? Mm. Um, so I started just writing down my biggest fears and went on this quest to figure out what was real and what wasn't and just attacked them straight on. Yeah. So the job at the central bank was my dream job. I was, what's going to happen if I apply for this job? Well, I have to apply and see. Yeah. Um, so I did finally land it. Um, and Congratulations. I, yes, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I had this huge desire to just learn as much as I could and, and get as much out of life as I could. So I was at a competition with myself. How fast can I learn certain skills to accelerate in my life? Um, and it went really well. After only 10 months at the central bank, I was promoted to system manager for one of the most uh, critical financial systems mm -hmm. in the country. Mm -hmm. And four months into that job, I was promoted to my next project. Mm -hmm. But then I had this moment of meaningless, if you've ever felt that way. Okay. Well, I was like, because you felt like you were working for someone else and not for yourself. And what, what was the, the meaningless thing? Well, in a way, you put in so much time and effort in a job to be promoted into a job where you have to spend more time and effort. Mm. To be promoted to a job where you have to spend more time and effort. And I suddenly stopped and realized, like, what's the point behind all of this? Like, what do I want? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't had a clear vision of what I wanted out of life. Um, that's when I realized that, you know, financial freedom mm -hmm. is what I want. Mm -hmm. I think the only scarce thing, really scarce thing in life is your time. Mm 
Mm. And to be able to own that time, I want to see how a life doing that, how that will be like. And so you did. And then you started your company. Yeah, I did. So um, I already had a company when I started working at the central bank. So I knew that I had what it takes. Mm. Um, But so I set this big goal for myself. And and that's one thing that I think is really important to be open and communicate with people around you what you're trying to achieve and get out of life yeah. that keeps you accountable mm-hmm. um, so i set this goal and i'm i'm putting it out in the world like financial independence is, is what i'm uh, working for so i started uh, quite a few companies um, but after a while i also noticed that there was a, an important ingredient i was missing and that's purpose um, a harvard study actually shows that people who has purpose in what they're doing mm. has a much higher chance of succeeding. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And uh, that is why everyone is talking about this why. Mm. So why are you waking up in the morning? Why are you motivated? That's because you're changing something or you're solving a problem or you're building something. I found my purpose in my podcast and the way to inspire, motivate other women to start their own companies. This is what drives me and what makes me up every morning. Mm. And and I think having that why, it's is is something everyone is searching for but it's also difficult to find so so how did you found find your why and and what is your why yes my why is uh homey i am solving wealth inequality in the world and i think for me it was to to spend time on like actually mapping out what what do i want out of life what do i want to leave behind if I, what do I want to do that I'm happy doing it, even if it brings me no success? Mm-hmm. Because that's the truth. Um, most companies will fail. It is really bloody hard work. Mm-hmm. And um, having a sense of purpose in what you do and knowing that if this fails, mm-hmm. I'm still happy that I did it. I'm still happy that I created it. Yeah, because you learned something. You learn something, you always uh, you know, bring that lesson with you throughout life, but, but also because you fix something that's according to your values mm. and what you bring, want to bring out there. So for me, it was to go back to um, how I was raised and what has, had been defining moments in my life. Mm. And you know, I went on this journey to work hard because my, my dad told me that I was going to be a successful lawyer, right? I landed my dream job, but what was extremely surprising to me was um, when I started my job, I also signed a contract to buy uh, an apartment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I spent no time on it. I sat down and I was like, well, I need a place to live, you know, so here's the project. I'm just going to sign the contract and hope it, you know, works out. Yeah. And uh, then being at the the central bank for for a year when my apartment was finally finished i was so surprised to see that i had made more money off that project i spent two minutes on than i did on my yearly wage at the central bank that i had spent you know five years degree to achieve i landed that job i put so much time and effort the power of real estate you know it is Mm -hmm. we were both in real estate and that's kind of an amazing synergy here yeah so to you trying to make real estate accessible 
real estate investing accessible for people who are not maybe super rich. Yeah. Tell us about Homey and your business model. How are you going to drive this forward? Yeah, so um, I want to live in a world where the effort you put in is what actually pays off and what defines the kind of life you're living. That's not how it is. I was shocked to realize that real estate is the main reason for wealth inequality in Europe and, and in the US. Mm -hmm. And the way to solve that, the data is pretty clear. The more people you bring into real estate, the, the, low, the more you close that wealth uh, inequality gap. So we need to make it accessible for everyone. And now, fractionalizing the ownership is a very hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. So what we are gonna allow people, what we can see is that, well, what's the reason for this problem? It is that a lot of people are invested in real estate and get that profit from it. Well, a lot of people are trying as hard as they can to save up every penny so they one day can buy real estate. But the real estate market is running away from them mm -hmm. faster than their savings are, are growing. So what we will allow people to do is to give our company money, the money they would like to have in the real estate market. Homey will buy that real estate and own it and as a profit on that loan you've given our company, the interest will be, will be decided by the real estate market. Mm -hmm. So essentially for our customers, it will be the same as owning your own place, mm -hmm. but without having the access to actually live there. Exactly. So we will take the real estate and we will rent it out and uh, our customers get both their share of the rental profit, but also um, the share in the real estate market on, on, on average. Mm. So that way we want to bring more people into real estate and mm. uh, share the profits. Exactly. That's so, that's so, you know, to make that accessible for more people, it's really good. And you're going to use blockchain technology. I've, we spoke about this before, this recording as well, mm -hmm. that, you know, people are scared of this blockchain, what's happening on the blockchain, NFTs, technology. So so, so, what, what are you going to do with that technology to create um, your, your, you know, make it accessible to more people? Well, blockchain is, is a technology that's already been put so much effort. You have the best engineer in the world working on, on having these structure already set up, right? And that's something we can tap into. Uh, you can use blockchain from anywhere in the world. You can have a wallet connected to, to different, we're gonna use the Ethereum chain. Mm. And by having that wallet, you can buy that digital ownership mm -hmm. in real estate that we are buying in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the problem is that the moment people hear blockchain, they think that like, oh no, but that's a world I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so much to learn. And it, I've read in the newspapers that it's very risky. Now we're using the blockchain technology and not crypto. Mm -hmm. so the money you're investing how much you make of it is decided by the real estate market and not the crypto not the crypto mm. um, that, that is makes sense only a way for us to connect people mm. all over the world so we can create both the liquidity in the market but also but also give a fair um access to the market for anyone exactly mm. that that that's uh, the great way of using that technology because it is also decentralized and you don't need kind of the approval 
approval from, say, if a Chinese man or an American girl wanted to invest in Norway, you need all these documents to get it approved. So with that technology, it's a way you can just connect it and then you're done. But okay, so you're um, kind of a serial entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. You've started multiple companies, you've sold some companies, you're now on a new founder journey. Yeah. So what, what keeps you going? Why, why are you like keep starting up seeing new opportunities? And so that's question one. Mm -hmm. And then the second is what's important to think about when you're starting your own company? Mm -hmm. What keeps me going? Um, well, I think it is to have, um, I always try to look at like what I want to achieve with it. I'm trying to visualize the companies when they're out there successful and achieving the purpose with them. Um, so that's what I think about when things get hard. I visualize myself as when I have already achieved it. And, uh, you know, I think having that grit is, is it all comes down to grit essentially right like yeah. so uh, what's grit um how do you define grit so grit is the ability to delay gratification um you've heard about that marshmallow test have you tell us all about okay. it okay <laughs> <laughs> well so um there's just a, a yale study coming out or it's a yale professor who wrote a book uh, he had studied what is the three traits the most successful people in the world actually have in common. And it's not the 5 a.m. club, as people are getting so into now. It is not the workouts or the cold showers or all of that uh, stuff. It is three things that you can really see uh, people have in common. Uh, one of them is the grit or the ability to delay gratification. So they did a test with children where they put them in a room uh, where they thought they were not filmed. They put a marshmallow in front of them and they said, if you have not eaten that marshmallow when I come back, I will give you another marshmallow. But they did not tell them for how long they were gone or um, give th that they were filmed. So they left the room and that is a very accurate measurement on whether you will be successful with your own company or not if you have not eaten that marshmallow by the time they come back so the ability to say that like I know that there is some greater pleasure out there and if I do not uh, act on the urge to take the pleasures here and now you know go out for drinks have fun um, relax but you actually like sit down and you put in the work that it is to build a company because you know that there will be a greater reward in the end um, so you can uh, test that with small children. If you do not eat the marshmallow, you have the grit, you have what it takes to you know, double the pleasure. Yeah, so that was a one thing. And then you were two other things as well. Yes, there's two other things. What's that? Um, so one of the things is that you have a belief, it, it, I guess it's a little sad, you have the belief that you're extraordinary. Mm. Um, that's why we need to break out of the Jante law. In Norway. Yeah. If you want to succeed, you need to have the belief that you deserve something more than everyone else, that you have something unique to offer in this world and that you need to put it out there. Mm. Um, you know, I got that very early on with my dad, right? Growing up, knowing that I had what it, take, it took as a little child to become a successful lawyer. That's what my dad told me. Mm. So I had, uh, I grew up in an environment that made it very appealing to get rich. Mm. The second thing 
is, which is a little, sounds a little contradicting to the first one, but it is uh, insecurity. Most successful people in the world has a huge insecurity that they need this success. Ah. They needed to be worth something, to be lovable, um, and they believe that what they've done this far is not good enough. And I guess in that way, it's connected to the first one where you think you're uh, made for greatness, but you also think that what you've done this far is not great enough. Mm, because you always chase something more, more and more and more all the time. You have to chase that yeah. extra. You cannot sit back and say that like, oh, well, what I've done is good enough in this world. Um, so I think for everyone who, you know, have felt the same way as, as I did in my early teen where I had mm. that insecurity mm. and anxiety. Mm. Um, I think it's cool to realize that that is actually part of the success. Yes. You need that to be successful. Yeah. So that's not something to be like ashamed of or um, that you necessarily need to change, mm. but that you can use for your advantage, right? Mm. Now I think of like my anxiety as my superpower mm. actually. So you know, where I'm able to, to both uh, guide myself in what's important to me, but also I know that I'm putting down so much more extra work mm -hmm. because I feel like that's what it takes. Yeah, you're always striving for something more. You're always striving, right? Okay, so we have the three, it's the marshmallow. Don't eat the, eat the marshmallow because you know you'll get more marshmallows yeah. later. <laughs> you have, uh, you think you are extraordinary and you think also Oh, and you also have an insecurity, so you always chase something more. Guys, this is this is some good tips. So I think I think this one was um, I really was really like, hmm, cool. Yeah. But what what has been like? You live in New York now. Mm -hmm. You're from Oslo, no Bergen. You're from Bergen. I am from Bergen, the rainiest city in Europe. And how long have you lived in New York now? I have been here since COVID started, so that's uh, almost four years. Isn't yeah. It? That's sort of my measurement because that was a, you know a huge. Yeah, a huge event in our lives. So why do you live in New York and what's your plan further? Like, are you staying here or are you moving back to Bergen, moving another place? So what's the plan? I live in New York mostly because my, my boyfriend, this is the city he wants to live in. New York wouldn't actually be my choice of city if I if I if it was just up to me. Why not? Um, because it's expensive. You have the rats and the cockroaches and the garbage. But there are some very, very good things about New York, right? I think that when we talk about the three traits to actually succeed in life, um, then if you're looking for, you're going to be the average of the five people you surround yourself yes. with, right? Yes. You're going to find the people with those three traits, they're here in New York. Yes, right? they are. This is where people get together to achieve their biggest dreams. Now, I think it can be very easy to be like eaten up a little bit by New York. It's, um, in my opinion, it can be, feel like a transactional city mm. and it's easy to get into that competitive mode of just chasing success for the mm. sake of it. But if you use the city to your advantage where um, you have that energy, you have the network, you have the people who are going to create the most successful companies, now, if you have a clear goal when you get here and you can use that to your advantage, I think this is the city where amazing things can happen. Mm, mm, I definitely feel that. I feel like all the people with those three traits are here and they will also... It's like more common to meet people who are successful and who 
are chasing mm. this in, in this city. So, so what like what keeps you, what keeps you here? Uh, is it just a boyfriend, or is it like you're, you want to move back to Norway sometime? Um. So my relationship is the most important thing in my life. Mm. Um, I'm trying to always check in with myself what's my my values and what are what is actually making me happy so his happiness is very important to me mm. um, I am more uh, have more of the ability of being happy anywhere I am mm. I think it comes down to mindset and your thoughts a lot mm. so I'm trying to, to turn it around and figure out how being in New York is the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah and I think succeeding with reducing wealth inequality in the world with mm. with getting homey built up to a big company um that's something i can achieve by being here yes exactly you can so what's been the biggest challenge along the way up until now and how old are you i'm 32 32 so yeah. what's been the challenge up until now what has been the biggest challenge i think it's the the starting over. Okay. I think it is getting that motivation to when you have uh, worked, put in a lot of time and mm. effort and energy into something mm. and accepting that that maybe is not the way to go and uh, putting that down and put your energy into doing something new. Um, now I'm trying to keep the mindset off. I always tell myself, if I've been on a journey and I put a lot of time and effort and money into something that's not working out the way mm. I wanted to, I always tell myself, well, it was cheaper than Harvard. Mm. You know, I could have spent that time <laughs> going to Harvard and uh, that would have also been very time consuming and very expensive. Um, so instead, it is that process of just, you know, go for your dreams. Um, and if it doesn't work out, take the learning experience from it, right? Mm. Take it as an education yeah. and move on to the next semester. Yes. And eventually you'll be ready to graduate. Yeah. But that's going to take a lot of time and effort. Yeah. How do you keep yourself motivated then in good and bad times? Um, I think one way i keep myself motivated through like the hard times and the failures mm. is to um focus on the end goal it's like i always just think of the process and where i eventually will get and when homey is as big as facebook or google or instagram it's it's known in the world then the failures i had on the way will be a good story yeah, you know, yeah. it makes a much more interesting story than just going from success to success. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I also just think that it is the ability to develop that grit. Mm. Um, starting a company is extremely hard. Mm. You need to know why you're doing it. Yeah, um, having the sense of purpose around it. So um, self-control and the ability to keep going when things is hard mm. something you're just gonna have to start developing mm. uh, so what kills the most founders mm. the most companies mm. is not the lack of investment customers or product market fit it's boredom um, Mo, okay. you have to go through a lot of boring stuff to get where where you want to go mm. and to do that you need to develop that grit and and uh resilience resilience yeah. right wake up meet up 
every day. Do great just work do every day. Yeah. Just do it. And even though if it's a gray, rainy day and you feel like you just want to lay in bed, no, get up and do something. Just do something and it will lead you to the next step. Regardless if it's like, if it's like a just small thing, it will anyways lead you to something better. A hundred percent. And like at a very practical level, yeah. um, I'm using a lot of pomodoras. What's it, that? Um, so pomodora is a technique that someone who was struggling at university was developing mm-hmm. where you're trying to stop yourself from procrastinating. Mm. So you tell yourself, okay, I have all of these things I need to do and I have all of these things on my mind, but for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to do the most important thing on my list. Like we talked about earlier, the 80-20 rule, right? What is the 80% uh, of the effort you can do? No, sorry. What's like 20% of the effort to get 80% of the way, right? Like do your most important things first and and then move on. So with the Pomodoro, you'd say that, okay, I have these things and for 20 minutes, I'm going to do this thing. After 20 minutes, I'll allow myself to be worried, to think about everything I'm doing later, to be uh, upset about my struggles. But for 20 minutes, I'm doing this. Yeah. And for me, that's worked really well because mm. then I'm able to, I can do anything for 20 minutes. Yeah. I can sit down and I can do, do the most boring thing in the world. Um, because it's only for 20 yeah, minutes. Because it's only for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's exactly like how I also do it like with my to-do list. I don't use like the timer with 20 minutes, but mm-hmm. it's a good good you know good technique because if you do 20 minutes you can say okay I wasn't totally done with it okay I can do 20 minutes more mm-hmm. and just you do a break in between and then you have your to-do list and say like okay these three things are the most important things that I need to get done today and then you have so many things like the first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning is my podcast mm-hmm. what can I do next yeah oh, I want to do this I want to have this guest I want to do that and that and that and like it's all exploding in here. Yeah. It's just like, okay, and then I just need to write everything down in to do list, like in, in the to do list. And then there's something that's like less important and then something that's more important. Yeah. So that's how you prioritize your time. That's what you have to, right? Because I think as a founder, uh, or as a human being, we want to do the things that triggers the chemical response in our brain, right? The oxytocin, the serotonin, the dopamine. Yeah, um, I get a really much dopamine when I get stuff done. If I can check right. out my to-do list, boom, 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 done for the day. Oh, I yeah. feel like the best person in the world. <laughs> right? It is. It is super powerful. Yeah. It's super powerful, and you're also teaching yourself that you are the type of person who do hard shit, right? Yes. But I think for a lot of people, they don't keep that um, overview over. What is what? What is it that will have the most impact on your goal, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So for most of us, we're just driven by what do I want to do the most, mm. right? For your podcast, maybe it is you know putting out that Instagram pic- picture and get a lot of like and, and excitement around it, right? But actually sitting down and researching someone might be harder to do. I I, I don't know in your case, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. to be good at actually prioritizing, okay, I don't do what I feel like doing, but I but but you're good at taking action and what's the most impactful in your business that's actually a good example you bring up that now because today um i woke up in my apartment in new york and i um was having all these things i had i think had eight things on my to-do list that i need to do today i knew i was going to meet someone from uh, we work from antler mm-hmm. i knew i was going to meet you and i also have a meeting later tonight at dinner mm-hmm. those are the three things that are most important today what do i need to do 
before those meetings. So it was really important to prepare before I meet you. Mm -hmm. But I also wanted to post like an Instagram story, an Instagram picture, blah, blah, blah. So I just said like, okay, now for these 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. I'll prepare before I meet Christina. And then I posted the Instagram picture afterwards. Right? Yeah. So you already have it in you. Yeah. We have it in us. But but like it's also like, you know, expressing it like, as, oh, that's actually what I do. Mm. Mm. Do you have like, how do you kind of negotiate when you're meeting people, when you're meeting like investors and stuff? Oh, maybe do you have any techniques there? What? Maybe you can teach me a little bit about that. I'm, I'm not a good negotiator. <laughs> I, I, I saw your eyes now. You're like, uh, you're like, oh, this is not my field because you're more technical. I am more technical, but but I'm also, you know, I have so much of love of, and passion in, in what I do and I expect that from other people. So mm-hmm. I'm a yes person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, we can make it work. And I expect that, that people have my best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So negotiation is something I'm working actively on. I'm, mm-hmm. um, I'm reading this book about negotiation. What's it called? Uh, yeah, I was afraid you were going to ask me that because I'm having brain fog <laughs> right now. But so I, I guess what I'm trying to implement, which is what I'm learning from, from this book, is to, uh, one, you need to have that sense of confidence in what you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Don't be a typical woman and try to be likable by downplaying what you can and, and, and have achieved. That's so important you're um, saying that. Be out there with your achievements mm. and what you think that you will do for them. Mm. The other thing is um, to keep their best interest in mind. Don't start negotiating from what you want to need, but from what they want to need. So if you're negotiating to get a contract signed, right? Don't keep the focus on if I get this contract signed, it will change my life and my business because I can use this money here and there, Mm. but be more like Mm. when you sign that contract, the investment you've done will grow because uh, these are the things we're doing. But so therefore it will Mm. make you a lot of money. Mm. So to try to put the focus on, on, the other party you're negotiating with. Yeah, that's actually also great that you're bringing that up because when I sat at the WeWork before I met you, I was uh, doing some LinkedIn messaging and then I got a message from a connection I've had for about a month or two and she was like, I've been looking at you and I think you are amazing and I really want you to coach me. Amazing. Can you be my coach? See, she asked me and I was like, I don't have a coach education, mm. but I've built a brand. She wants to build her brand. She works for DHL and mm-hmm. she's like this super uh, ambitious saleswoman. Mm-hmm. I also work in sales. Mm-hmm. So she saw something in me that I could help her with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so what do you want? How often do you want this? And she was like, I want this every second week. We can figure this out, blah, blah, blah. And we'll do an intro call. And now suddenly I said, I just said yes. That's amazing yeah. because I can help her improve. And, and, and that was like, I was asking her, what do you want? What is your needs? So now I'm a coach. Now you're a coach. You're just, you know, jumping into it and yeah. not saying no to the opportunities that's out there, right? But also by also in the same way, being honest, being transparent and say like, okay, I can, I can try to coach you in my best way. I don't have any coach education. I have done, you see my results. I've done this. If you want, if you see something that I can help you with, I will sure do it. But, but I'm honest also about this is me and 
you're seeing what you're getting, right? So that's also, it's a win-win. Yeah, I mean, you feel honest because you have that inherent belief in yourself, right? Yes. That's something that's clear for everyone who meets you. That's how we got connected because on Instagram, I just saw this amazing person and I'm like, wow, I need to meet her because I want to be around that energy, right? So you already have that inherent belief in yourself. But I think that's something most women are lacking. And that's why I'm so happy about this podcast where you're bringing women together to um, put a focus on what they're good at and how, what they've achieved in life. Yeah. Right? And that's also a positive spiral, you know, if we people hear about what you're doing, you're this awesome woman, love, uh, like living the best life in New York, building a company. If you're from Bergen. A small town. I'm from Trondheim, a small town in Norway. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And then 100%. so can everyone else. 100%. So how do you, like, what advice would you give to yourself when you were 20 years old? So you're 32 now. And yeah. before starting all these companies, what was the advice you would give yeah. yourself? Um, I would have said that if you want to know who's holding you back, like have a look in the mirror. Um, I think that's the most important advice, like don't be afraid of trying and failing. Like I think that's also something that I've learned uh, here in New York, right? People are just not afraid to put their big ideas out there and like manifest that this company is going to change the world and then they fail and so what? Mm -hmm. So what? I'll rather have you know, the feeling that I've tried than to look back and say that I was too afraid of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to keep a mindset now of like, what's serving me? Mm -hmm. What kind of, like I have full control over my mindset and my thought. What kind of um, traits and, and thoughts do I want to bring with me and like um, to go where I want to go. So keep your goals clear. Mm -hmm. And um, the... Uh, yeah, so so I would look uh, yourself in the mirror and be like the, the only one who's holding you back is yourself. It is. In your own head. It's yeah. so true. It's so true. You're going to get yeah. the door slammed in your face a mm. few times, but so what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There will always be another open door. There's another door. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what's your best advice then for for others? We have tapped a lot into it. But yeah. what's your like concentrated advice for other women who wants to, or people who wants to start their own company? You know, I've, I've started a, a few companies now and I think what I've learned throughout that journey is, um, it's a quote by Tom Bilyeu where he says that uh, succeed is not guaranteed, but the struggle is. So ask yourself before you start why you want to do it. Um, because it's going to be hard and if you don't know why you're putting yourself through it You are gonna fail, right? Like we talked about it's boredom that kills the most founders, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say read the book by Simon Sinek start with why Yes, and keep a very clear mindset around why why you're trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve Yeah, so you need to figure out if your why is strong enough to go through all the boredom exactly High enough I think that if you if it's only to get rich, um, you will quickly lose that uh, passion for it, and you'll burn out. Um, ex exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think I think um, 
Yeah. So to have that like sense of purpose around what you're doing, it's it's like that Harvard study was showing. Mm. That is what what is actually the most important thing to succeed. Mm. To feel that uh, you have the resilience mm. be- because you're not just doing it for yourself. You're mm. doing it for something you think is much much more important. Yeah, something than bigger than yourself. Something bigger than yourself. And something you want to leave the world with. I think us humans are also created to create stuff. Work aren't created for us. We are created for working. We are created to be productive, work on project, develop ourselves, develop things that are bigger than ourselves. 100%. So talking about what's bigger than ourselves, um, if you got, this is also a regular question I ask all my guests. Okay. So if you got 500, like 500, that's a lot. Five, five million Norwegian I'll kroners. take 500 millions. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have so much money to give you, but I'll oh, offer damn. you now five million Norwegian kroners in your hand. Like, what what would you do with them? I would use it solving wealth inequality, no doubt about it. I would <laughs> no use doubt about that it. Ma- money in getting homey known for for everyone out there. Yes. Um, so we could break that trend of uh, small fraction of the world um, becoming rich not based on the effort they put in but based on already being uh, coming from very very privileged places Mm -hmm. so um, I'll take that five million uh, well (laughs) well invested into your company last question and I think also we need to like give a sense of um, what do you call it call to action Mm -hmm. so what should our listeners do go out and do if they're walking and listening to this um what is the next step of action well what is the encouragement what should our listeners do after listening to this um i think two things uh one very powerful thing that you can do right now is to sit down and write a list over what you're afraid of what would you do if you weren't scared i think that's an extremely good indicator of what's important to you Because the reason why we're afraid is that, you know, our brain essentially wants to keep us alive, right? That's what it's uh, there for, survival, until at least we've had our own children and the world can move on. So our brain will keep us from things that's very important to us because failing feels so fatal. So write down a list of the things you're most afraid of. Figure out what, which one of those things are holding you back from what you want in life and then start taking action. If it is connecting with people you're afraid of, then maybe something small that going out on the street, looking people in the eyes can be a way to start. And then start pushing yourself forward because very, very quickly your brain will learn that failing is not that bad. No. It is what sort of uh, motivates you to um, keep failing because that's how we grow Mm. and develop and get really good at the things we were scared of and but the other thing is uh that everyone should go in uh, on homey.realestates and sign up on our waiting list because when we launch there's a first come first serve so if you want to take part in fractionalized real estate, sign up on our waiting list so you're ready to join when we're launching. Mm-hmm. And I'll uh, link the um, website in the description of this podcast. Great. Yes. So doing that, you're going to help us bringing uh, Homey out to, to everyone who needs it. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm already signed up, so <laughs> we'll be excited. Love it. Yeah. And also the thing, I'm just like a side note to the thing about failure. 
it's also free. It's free education, right? That's amazing. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time speaking with me here in New York. Uh, this is was an amazing talk and good luck with Homie. Thank you. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye.